your baseball life. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Hour number two, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon, Ken Miller. We take you until noon. Trent, play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that. That's coming up just before we get out of here. Oh, 10 minutes or so before noon. At the bottom of the hour, Nick Oson, who covers Iowa State, CycloneAlert.com. Right now, Scott Darkerman joins us. Uh, the athletics been unbelievable during this whole relocation, uh, relocation, realignment, beg your pardon, uh, that we are experiencing now in college athletics. Uh, so many writers. Doc, uh, thank you, first of all, for joining us. You know, as good as the website is, I really think that college football, let me see if you agree, it, it might be the athletics strong suit. Not that you lag behind on anything, because essentially everything is covered. But boy, oh boy, you got some talent uh, that covers college football. Yeah, thanks, Ken, and and uh, I agree. I mean, I, I of course I would pound my uh, <laughs> pound my chest and scream from the rooftops that I think we have the best staff in the country, if not in the world, especially when it comes to college football coverage. And I think NHL aficionados would agree yeah. on that sport as well. Yep. Uh, but but yeah, we were out in full force last week. I was uh, I was officially on vacation on thursday but <laughs> on wednesday night i started getting whispers as did another reporter uh nicole Auerbach on her staff that things were starting to something big was going to happen on thursday and and so at that point i i punted on my pto by a couple of days to to join the army per se on uh on, on thursday and friday and uh wow it was it was a whopper well beyond what i even thought it might be so this was something with USC and UCLA, among others, that was speculated about after the bombshell a year ago with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. Them alone, though, there was always seemed to be, if this was going to happen, there was going to be more than two. It was going to be Oregon, Washington, Stanford. Something else was going to happen. Just the two. What does that say? And do you ultimately think the Big Ten is done for now? Or do we have more rumbling, at least, say, in the interim here this summer? I think there's going to be there. There are certainly a lot more conversation going on right now among the Big Ten uh, and, and probably in the other conferences that, of that matter, just to see what's the next step. Um, you know, these were the two that the Big Ten decided it wanted and wanted now, and uh, with uh, you know the two-year window up for the Pac-12 and its media rights, uh, you know, going in 2024, they, they felt the time was right to strike now and. And for USC and UCLA, the time was right to go ahead and do that. And the Big Ten, you know, we've, we've wondered about its media rights package. Well, there's a reason why it delayed mm-hmm. it lately, and, and this is a big one. But uh, I don't think it's done. Uh, I think right now it's reached a pause because, let's face it, if uh, uh, the Big Ten, other than Notre Dame, the Big Ten could, you know, tell Washington and Oregon to wait, and then in six months if it bite them, do you think they're going to say no? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to say yes. So, uh, USC and UCLA were the linchpins, and they got them. So uh, I, I think Notre Dame is the next one that you'll see a, a, a full 
full frontal assault, per se, to try to bring them into the Big Ten. Yeah, it certainly feels like it, Doc. And it seems like at this point it's almost inevitable. I don't think an ACC marriage for football would make sense. I think it's the it's the Big Ten or independence, and I think it's leaning to the former in a big, big way. If indeed that happens, Doc, um, what, do you think we know that sooner rather than later as far as what Notre Dame plans on doing? It would seem, you know, with all the movement, uh, that maybe it's, you know what, or get off the pot time for the Fighting Irish. I don't know that they want to make a rash decision either. And because uh, Notre Dame is still the only real school out there that's unaffiliated that can call its own shot. It can remain independent or it, it can go to the Big Ten or, you know, whatever league it wants. But I think Big Ten makes the most sense. It's just a matter of uh, uh, probably going through every scenario. Uh, part of the reason why it's been independent is because donors have been able to kind of split that difference because. Big Ten schools make more money than Notre Dame does on their television agreement. So mm-hmm. it really co- it's going to come down to what uh, the the donors and and probably what the the staff sees. And and I think by adding USC, that really puts Notre Dame in an, a unique position because that is its biggest rival. Um, they play every year, and uh, and now that it's under the Big Ten fold, it could it could preserve that and have a little more flexibility in its schedule. And let's face it, playing it's been really underwhelming most of the games that Notre Dame's played in the ACC. They play five as kind of a, a semi-affiliate and, of course, full member in every other sport. And I think going into the Big Ten, uh, you know, that they'll be able to play. You know, Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan, they were all, you know, annual opponents for a long, long time. Uh, they're playing Ohio State this year. They can play – there's going to be some arrangement where they'll be able to play USC, maybe even UCLA every year, and and get to New York and play Rutgers, and and then of course throughout the Big Ten. So I think this is uh, something that Notre Dame is going to have to strongly consider, and this might be the tipping point for the Irish. If we get to that point, Notre Dame says yes. What's the ultimate end game for the Big Ten and and with it the SEC? Twenty, twenty four teams, two super conferences, and and that's it. Do you see that being the end game or college football as we know it? Yeah, there's changes, but it's still going to be the same basic structure. How do you see this playing out? I It's really interesting, Trent, because it's hard to predict. I mean, the Big Ten can add Notre Dame and stand pat. Mm-hmm. Does it need Washington and Oregon? No, it really doesn't. I mean, they, they're good properties, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they need them. Now, USC and UCLA being kind of uh, – and Hexclave, if you will, way out there, uh, th- there might be some push into wanting to get another Western team, two, three, four, out there, just so their travel isn't insane. And football is one thing, but the other sports, it's going to be really uh, problematic. Uh, that's going to be something I think they're going to have to consider. But overall, uh, when you talk about properties, do they add enough value to the Big Ten to where they bear it? adding them and i don't know i mean oregon is a nike school washington seattle uh but do they bring in 80 million dollars plus per year to the big ten in value uh that's a great question mm-hmm. so notre dame certainly does yep. usc does ucla probably does but 
but I don't know about the other two. Yeah, Stanford with the San Francisco market and the upcharge from ten cents a subscriber to a buck fifty a subscriber. Uh, the money is just astronomical, Doc. You know, one more on the ACC. I do want to get into your survey because I, I love those things that the Athletic does. Um, and, and as we mentioned, part two published today. It seems like Doc, if there is a ACC target out there, and we know the media rights and 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 how much the lawyers are going to try and get paid to get out of the uh, grant of rights that seemingly is inevitable. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot of buzz out there for for North Carolina. North Carolina perhaps um, making a big, big push along with if Notre Dame comes to join the Big Ten. Does North Carolina and the Big Ten make sense? And have you heard much of that rumblings, if any? That one is more speculative. I think there's a little more power behind the Washington and Oregon part of the discussion and certainly Notre Dame. Uh, but that said, uh, I think they are the institution of the ACC that probably could uh, force its way into either the SEC or the or the Big Ten, and it's probably the one school that uh, you know could fit neither one neatly. Um, we know, I mean, it's a the Southern based league, the SEC, so it could obviously move in right there. But you know, it has the AAU credentials, and it's a growing state, you know, with with a lot of population, and it's. It's a power and, and basketball, which matters a little bit, just a tiny bit. But, you know, it has, it has football potential. So I think that there is some interest in that. Uh, but that said, you know, I, I don't know if the Big Ten is going to say, what's, if they get Notre Dame, let's just stop and wait or, or what. So Virginia, I think, is another one because it is a growing state as well. Um, it is an AAU institution. That rivalry is very uh, is not real known but it is the oldest one in the in that part of the world so i think that that would be another one and then clemson's a fascinating one because mm-hmm. of the football program now there's very few that has it doesn't have a peer with many but um it's a it's a pretty small audience overall so i i don't know i mean i i think right now it, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with the acc because that grant of rights locks them in through 20 20- 36, but if enough schools decide to try to dissolve the ACC, then it could be free game for for, for everybody. Let's localize this a little bit and take this view as it's currently constructed. USC and UCLA starting in 2024. What does this mean for the Iowa Hawkeye football program and athletics as a whole? I don't think it means really much of anything other than, you know, slightly uptick in competition. Um, You know, USC at its zenith is of, you know, one of the, the ultimate blue bloods. I mean, we saw it in the 2000s when Pete Carroll was there. It was a, it was the best program in the country in the, you know, from mm-hmm. 2002 through 2005. And uh, it has that potential again in Southern California. So uh, UCLA has been a chronic underachiever, one of the greatest underachievers in the country, and it doesn't have a lot of money. So I'm not sure that, that really impacts Iowa at all, other than getting into the L.A. market. I don't know that Iowa's going to recruit in that area. That's not really a strong suit for the Hawkeyes. So I think it's just adding you know, two more teams to the overall value of the Big Ten. Uh, so I think from that regard, I, I don't see much there. But I do think that it makes the Big Ten healthier, more financially sustainable, and that ultimately helps the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
Trent, any more realignment? Let's move on then uh, to the uh, survey part two published uh, at the Athletic. Part one was a terrific read. The survey results on football, basketball, game day came out today. Doctor, no surprise. Uh, the, the respondents absolutely love Kinnick. Can't get enough of it. Same can't be said for the atmosphere at Carver Hawkeye. What can be done to that? Uh, short of, you know, knocking it down and, and starting uh, fresh, which you know a lot of people want to do. I mean, I don't know how you build a mezzanine in that bad boy, Doc, halfway up. And I get it. It's a long climb from those seats down below all the way to the top. What can be done to change the atmosphere uh, and the um, uh, inconveniences, if you will, of Carver-Hawkeye? Yeah, there, there are really multiple different layers to this. And I think you're right that, that the inconveniences are something that's really at Iowa's feet. And Part of that is I know of people who, um, you know, who sit in their seats and they're close to the court and they just figure I'm not going to go get anything to eat because I don't want to walk all those steps. And, you know, you could say what you will about the society or whatever, but I mean, you know, that, that is a quite a steep climb and it takes a long time. And it's, you know, there are a lot of people even in shape that get a little bit out of breath getting all the way to the top. So I think that's really something Iowa has to think about as far as getting maybe ushers walking around selling products, uh, doing that sort of thing. Uh, also, you know, there are there's one restroom for men and one for women at the ground floor. So people near the floor, I mean, that, that restroom is crowded uh, through a lot of different stages of the game. So I think they need to really figure that out. As far as atmosphere goes, you know, the, 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 the anecdotal information I've received for years, and it was confirmed really in the survey is, you know, you've got a group of people, some want to stand and cheer through a lot of the game, and others want to sit down and enjoy the game. And and it's that's somewhat unique to Iowa, uh, unlike most other places. And I really think that Iowa needs to examine, you know, sitting areas, you know, you know whether it's older fans or just fans who just prefer to sit and watch the game and cheer maybe on a big moment, and that's about it versus those that really want to stand. And I think you actually have a marketing opportunity to do that. So uh, to me, those are the fixes you can make that are, you know, not even really cosmetic, but just something you could do to improve the atmosphere without getting too heavy and involved. But but I, I'd also agree that, you know, the, the, the seating is pretty far from the floor. And, you know, the, the, the one that's probably people point to the most is wrapping the arena around with students. And But if the students aren't there, does that make it look worse? It's just kind of this chicken or the egg argument. Doc, uh, well, Ken brought up the other one, and that is a new arena, downtown arena. Maybe it's the spot of the old Capitol Ball, whatever it is. But there's been so much speculation about that. Now they're going to be getting over $100 million a year in TV money. <laughs> Maybe a more realistic possibility. You live in the area. You know the corridor incredibly well. What is the likelihood that we would see that, say, in the next decade, Carver is no more, at least its current construction as we know it. It becomes something else, and there's a new downtown arena. Do you give that any chance? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I think this. I, I, I would. I, you know, I mean, it sounds good. It's you know, fun to yeah. speculate about. I've heard this for a long time, but no. I mean, like the old Capitol Mall is now, you know, complete office building, and then on the lower floor are businesses. So, and, and even then, it's not near big enough that that property right next to the Pentacrest to to try to do anything with it. So I, I think what what needs to be done is kind of an overall re- revision of Carver itself. I mean, there is a brand-new arena in, in Coralville. It's, it's half the seating. I don't know. It's between five and 7,000 people, so there's, it's really not big enough. But 
you know, it, it needs something different, no question. I mean, you know, whether it's cut it, cut out the whole entire bowl, bring it closer to the floor, have it stacked up a little bit more, have do some other things. But it, it does need a reimagining of Carver. I don't know that you need to wipe out the entire arena, but I do think it's uh, it, it, it's gotten to the point where and, – and, and the crazy part is the best environment I've seen – uh, is the women's tournament this year? That was better than any men's game I've ever been to. Mm. And and the wrestling environments are fantastic there. But it, men's basketball, for whatever reason, it's just it, sometimes it's great, but most of the time it's not. And they've got to figure out why that is and how to make it better. And maybe it is uh, you know a, a renovation that that brings fans closer to the floor and just does something different because. Right now, it is, you know, I dare say it, it's it's trapped in the '80s, and they got to mm-hmm. do something different with it, including improving the cell phone coverage. If your survey is any indicator, boy, that was uh, that was a big talker. Hey, Doc, listen, get back to vacation. Thank you so much for uh, for taking a few minutes away and doing this for us. The athletic all over this, uh, the um, well, when it comes to college sports, uh, the athletic will have it covered. The survey part two has been posted as well. Uh, realignment, a big talker, Doc. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, Thank you. You do the same. Scott Dockerman, uh, as we get the latest from uh, our buddy over uh, in the eastern part of the state. Uh, cell phone service, brutal. Um, the, it is. The other question that was was kind of people are, eh, really don't care. One was being a negative on the survey. Five is positive. The alcohol, mm-hmm. mostly threes. They really don't care. Want to buy a drink? Doesn't it doesn't affect this either way? Which, uh, if you would have said this even ten years ago, people freaking out. I about agree. Yeah, no way you can't do that yep. at a college athletic event. And we're allowed to do a lot more. We can gamble. <laughs> we can have a beer inside a Kinnick or yep. Carver. Boy, what a world! These Indeed are the positives. It is. Indeed it is, and those are the positives. We'll take a time out. We will be joined by Nick Olson, CycloneAlert.com. Busy week, I hope, for the Big Twelve. I mean, don't you think? Well, the meetings are apparently happening here today. They are. The Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah, they do that. They are decided certainly solid number three. Oh, without a question, Trent. I totally agree with you. You can make arguments with the ACC, of course, football-wise with Clemson and and the top end. Mm -hmm. Florida State's won a national championship here in recent Mm -hmm. history. But only only one of the Big 12, Pac-12 survive. That's how I see it. It's going to be one of them. Probably right. Yeah, because I think right. I think the Oregon brand is valuable. I'm not sure Washington's got to see that when the, when the music stops, they might be left standing. Because I think Stanford makes sense. It does. It's the San Francisco market. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Oregon's the brand. Uh, Colorado, Utah, the two Arizona schools. Remember, we're still talking universities, and the third most money that is brought in by a public institution in grad studies: Michigan, Johns Hopkins. And the University of Washington. I didn't know that. Is that right? The eggheads in the Big Ten. Wow. If they're going to go further, Washington is going to be a part of it, I believe. If Oregon's coming, Washington's coming with them. Good stuff. Well, um, we'll take a timeout. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3.
The Grumpy Goat Tavern provides a rustic, comfortable atmosphere with reclaimed barnwood, sleek modern finishes, and a one-of-a-kind environment that you have to see to believe. Featuring a fresh menu, friendly neighborhood service, 50-tap beers, and sports. The Grumpy Goat Tavern is the place to be for any occasion. Catch all of the games all summer long at the Grumpy Goat Tavern with two locations in West Des Moines and one on First Street in Ankeny. Grumpy Goat is more than just a restaurant. It's local. It's for you. It's your tavern. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive, while Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you and your heart media. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips, Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? On your side. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. So just before we went to break, I forgot to do the keyword. I saw the Pac-12 statement that they just released. I'll read that in a second. But right now, Trent, it's time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword pay, pay at KXNO.com. Pay at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. You will have multiple chances this afternoon, starting in the 1 o'clock hour with Murph and Andy and ending in the 5 o'clock hour with the Fanatics. Nick Olson, uh, Cycle Alert 24-7 Sports. Let's bring him on, Nick. Just one second, if you would. want to read the uh, Pac-12 statement. That uh, just came out on Twitter, and as much fun as it is to read the statement, if you actually go to the Pac-12 Twitter Mm -hmm. and see the statement from there, some of the replies are just priceless. The Pac-12 Board of Directors met this morning and has authorized the conference to immediately begin negotiations for its next media rights agreements. They have to do this. They've just lost UCLA and USC... And they have no idea who there's going to remain in their conference, but they're going to start negotiating right away. Well, they have to, though. I mean, they have to do this. They have to show a good faith to the remaining uh, remaining schools. Because, obviously, it's rats off a sinking ship Uh if you don't do this. So they have to do this and see, if we keep these remaining 10 teams, this is what ESPN and Fox, and that's all it is right now, too, because this is the exclusive negotiating window. Right. For their two partners. first, yes. So they're not going to hear from Apple and Amazon and CBS and anybody else. It is just those two. But, hey, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And if we decide to expand or try to expand, this is what Fox and ESPN, who have done all of this for all intents and purposes, it's the Fox side it's and the ESPN is. side that is made. They're calling the shots. So these are the ones that are going mm-hmm. to tell the Pac-12. For us, if you go and get school X, Y, and Z, we think you're viable, and this is how much money 
or if you stay together at 10. But how do you negotiate with all those questions hanging out there? It's just the knowledge. Who ran it? And these two are running it, and they're going to... This is the same thing when we talked to Chris Williams last week. I told Chris, it's going to come down to the TV executives, either saying the Pac-12 adding members or the Big 12 adding members. Mm-hmm. What's more valuable TV-wise, those are the people that are going to tell us. Not us. Right. Not Chris. Not Nick Oson. It's going to be the TV people oh, that are going to tell go us. so far. Nick's going to, we'll see. Nick's going to spread some knowledge here with us as he joins the program. <laughs> CycloneAlert.com. Nick Oson. Hello, Nick. Trent and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Great. It's good to have you back, Ken. Always good to be on. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. So, Nick, um, we'll, we'll get to, I mean, the, look at the uh, recruiting continues at, at a very uh, fast clip. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I spent a lot of time over the weekend trying to wrap my arms around it, trying to come up with, you know, some source. There's a pretty good one up in Minnesota, by the way. Your 24-7 counterpart up there seems like he's pretty locked into this. What, what have you, um, from some of the people that you've learned to trust that, again, and, and Trent brought this up at the beginning of the program. I mean, there's athletic directors that are kind of in the dark right now. But having said that, we're going to speculate anyways, as everybody's going to. What are you hearing, Nick? Yeah, I'm mostly, you know, just kind of of the mindset, and I was listening to you guys before I I hopped on, and I think I agree with a lot that, you know, it's just this kind of undetermined area that we've never really seen, or at least that I remember seeing, and it's basically you need to be the shark or you're going to kind of fall out of place here. And I think that that's why the Big 12 is actually – maybe in a decent spot compared to what a lot of people actually think. I know that people on my board were were sharing that actually national writers, like from ESPN and Sports Illustrated, were kind of speaking on that as well, that the Big 12 has the chance to really take from these other spots, like the Pac-12, where obviously this came out of nowhere. And the Big 12 is still a little more stable than what you would really think. So are they going to reach what the Big 10 and you know SEC are necessarily? No, but I do think that they are going to be kind of in that common ground above the Pac-12 and above the ACC, which also could be in major trouble. And I think it's going to create not only the power conferences, but potentially even more stability and revenue based off of what we've seen from the Big 12 in the last two years. Well, and if we're consolidating instead of a Power 5, we're talking about a Power 3? Well, that means more money certainly Mm -hmm. going to be out there for the Big 12 if it survives in this structure. Brent? Your mark. I mean, talk about a way to walk into your job. Comes from Rock Nation, is with the Nets, all over the place, but not a collegiate background. When you look at that and what's happening here, do you think it's a good thing that this guy has not been, I don't know, bogged down with the college environment and college athletics for the last 20, 30 years? Now, this is a spot where my tune has changed a little bit uh-huh. based on what you guys have kind of asked me, and I think it is absolutely beneficial to him and the conference because as you guys were just hitting on you know while i was on as well now it's strictly coming down to money Mm -hmm. and tv rights and exclusivity and it's not necessarily that college tradition and atmosphere that we've seen which you know on one side I, i kind of long for those days and the nostalgia and things like that but if you're looking at it purely from the success of the big 12 and and a business aspect yeah i think it's actually going to help to have this fresh kind of mm-hmm, businessman executive type to come in with all of this, we'll use the word madness or, or chaos. Mm-hmm. And I think he's actually going to lead the Big 12 really well, 
even kind of building on, like I said, the revenue, even though the Big 12 may get a, you know, quote-unquote bad rap nationally from, from some aspects, though it's not the top two level, the revenue has been, you know, positive the last year or so. And I think this is someone that can even raise that while showing he's not afraid to try new things and, you know, kind of implement these changes in this ever-changing landscape. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Nick. I, I think he'll, um, look, it's it's obviously much more of a hectic first week than he anticipated, <laughs> fair to say, uh, but but I'm with you. So before we get into uh, football and basketball recruiting, as, uh, as, as TJ landed a pretty good one, apparently we'll get into um, uh, Jelani Hamilton coming up. Fran Fischilla tweeted this out over the weekend. I thought, boy, he's absolutely right. Who wouldn't want to watch this? A big Monday in January? With, uh, with the University of Arizona hosting Kansas at the McHale Center. I mean, how good would that be? Arizona, Kansas. I mean, I get that football moves the needle, but those are two schools that play some pretty darn good basketball. I think that'd be incredible. I, I love Priscilla. I obviously, you know, worked with him before. I think he's really tuned in kind of to what fans may like because he's essentially, he's a professional, but he's also a huge fan himself. And I know, for one, much as I love football, I would, you know, I'd kill to watch a game like that in January because it's kind of building the anticipation and the excitement leading into, you know, conference tournaments and the postseason tournaments. And I think that'd be a blast, especially with two top, what would you say, eight to 12, uh, you know, conference names right there in the college basketball landscape. It's wild to think about what is the changing environment of college athletics. Ken, any more on the no, realignment front? Well, let's uh, let's take a look at what's going on in the here and now. Of course, recruiting season is uh, big in June. We're in July now. So explain this to us, the, the dead period, what this means right now for these recruitable college football athletes. What can happen? What can't happen here during the dead period? Yeah, so, and, you know, this is something I'm really kind of getting a, a better grasp on when talking to these players. A perfect example um, that'll kind of answer your question is this Jordan Allen that he shared his top four yesterday. And I included him in, in an article I sent out right before this. So he's got Iowa state in the top three in top four, and he's officially visited three of these schools, right? The fourth school is Kansas state. He has not taken an official visit there, official visits and really any type of visits right now are things that you can't do in this dead period for college football. So somebody like him, if he wants to do that, he's got to wait until September late August, September, when things open up again, that's when you can kind of have that in-person contact, when you can take the unofficial or official visits and gain the more full in-person grasp of these universities that, you know, you're really looking at. So it's a time where, as, as you guys know, and as you'll see throughout the rest of the week, many players are still announcing their commitments and figuring out their plans, but they won't have those opportunities to do more of those visits because that'll open up again in the fall when there are game days and things like that for these athletes to check out again. Mm. Well, let's get into the recruiting aspect. What can you tell us? Uh, let's do basketball first. Uh, what's the latest on the basketball front? Yeah, so Jelani Hamilton was a really good ad. I think he's, he's somebody that's going to provide an element. Obviously, he'll be young, but the team didn't have a lot of it last year, and they may not this year where he's just a pure He's not overly athletic or, or quick necessarily. He's got enough of those aspects, but he's just a three-level scorer that is very comfortable against no matter what competition, really. That's a good get for TJ, J.R. Blunt, and the Iowa State staff. And as for kind of the future, 
Milan Mumchilovic will likely be the next top target for Iowa State in terms of a decision. I've heard late June, obviously that passed. I've heard early July. I'm anticipating in the next week or so he'll likely make a decision. Virginia's been in the mix. UCLA, Michigan State made a good push at the top 100 camp last week with head coach Tom Izzo really kind of showing his time and attention with Mumchilovic. Now, even though Omaha Baloo would be a higher-ranked recruit for the Cyclones, I think that Mumchilovic might be the most polished player right now, at least in terms of an offensive game. He's a top 30 to 35 player in the country wherever you look. And to me, it just kind of shows how successful. I mean, we saw this staff last year, right, with how far they took this team. But, again, I've, I've said it on my board. I think the recruiting with this staff and specifically a couple of these assistants is just almost impeccable. And it's something that may not have been expected continually from the Iowa State program, where if they land even two of these three top guys, they could be looking at a top 15 or top 20 class in 2023. Are we looking at four, five, six guys out of the high school ranks? And, of course, all the flexibility that they're going to have. Such a senior-laden roster here with the turnover they're going to have after 2022-23. How many high school prospects, if if they get many of their top targets, would they take in your mind? Yeah, that's a great question. If, if you're kind of hitting on the majority of the top targets, I've got my number around four or five. I think it'll be... You know, it certainly should be bigger than the three from last season, especially with all the turnover, like you mentioned, Trent. I think six would, it wouldn't shock me, but it'd probably be a little high kind of for what I'm anticipating with the roster and, you know, kind of the enjoyment and potential success of the transfer portal. I've set my number at, you know, at least four, potentially five, with three or four of these home run type targets that they're really looking at in the next month or so, yeah? Uh, Football-wise, um, I th- didn't I see that they landed an offensive lineman? Big dude, Henderson. It, Henderson, right. Uh, last week, uh, Late last week as well? Yeah, actually, Thursday and Friday, you know, although nationally the names might not be as big as J.J. Cole or Jameson right. Patton, that was a really, really good stretch with the Cyclones. Jeff Myers, Coach Campbell and company. I mean, those, those guys had some really good offers. Burr had an offer from... Iowa, he took an official visit there. Kentucky, Texas A&M, some mm-hmm. big-time schools. They're high on him as an interior offensive lineman. And then Henderson, as long as he plays up to his potential, he could be a real ceiling raiser for Iowa State on the outside of the offensive line. Nick Olson, Nick is the um... – I, I, you guys had a, a, a VIP sale last week. Is it still going on? I think it was a buck for the first two months of coverage. Is that still going on? Yeah, cycle actually, alert? It goes through tonight. Thank you so much for asking. So that'll be a dollar, just a dollar for two full months of coverage with Cyclone Alert. Good stuff, Nick. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Nick Olson. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you, Nick Olson. Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports. So uh, a guy that I've... Um, Found over the weekend, John Canzano is his name. He, okay. he covered Notre Dame for a long. He's older. He's like me, right? He's he's been in the business a long time. Um, he does a talk show in Portland. He's wrote, written for a number of the big papers out west, and he's now got one of those Substacks, which I guess is mm-hmm. kind of where we're at now, right? Yeah. So this is he just published this uh, this morning. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado were reported last week to be leaning into a contingency escape to the Big 12 by themselves. I'm told by a high-ranking official at one of those universities, pump the brakes. 
There's no meeting on the books for us with the Big 12. Mm. Did the guy from Arizona get it wrong? Because that's where this all started. It was, I don't know if it was Rivals or 24-7, but it was one of those. It was a fan site writer. And that's where this all built up over the weekend. Was that... Is that Sunday afternoon? Three-day weekend always throws things yeah, off, doesn't it? have been earlier than that. Saturday trend. afternoon? Yeah. I can't remember when it was, but that's where I think the speculation began. I'm reading Dennis Dodd's article right now as he talks about, this is the headline, Big 12 in deep discussions to add up to six big uh, Pac-12 teams after USC-UCLA defections to the Big 10. And there's a lot of different parts of that, mm-hmm. too. Pete Thamel said today, if... USC and UCLA wanted Washington and Oregon to come with them. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't they have asked them? But why would they want to? Because they're their opponents. They're the teams that they have to beat on the West Coast. Right. Does it make sense to you know to try and twist some arms at the Big Ten? Oh, yeah, we'll come, but you've got to bring these two. I mean, Oregon's been a pain in the butt now for two decades for yes. USC recruiting. And right. under Chip Kelly, when they got to their apex, they still weren't recruiting at a high, high elite. wasn't... Alabama, USC when they're running right. But he had some quarterbacks. He had some quarterbacks, and he, remember, he went into Texas a lot and got guys now. Might he bent the rules a little bit? No. Rules a little bit different now for a program like Oregon. So do you want Oregon in the NIL environment in your conference? Ooh. USC, UCLA says, no, thanks. Yeah, and part, part of that article, and you can read it, John Canzano, C-A-N-Z-A-N-O, johncanzano.com, longtime writer. Oregon Ducks make a wish list. This is the first line or one of them. Uh, but Phil Knight apparently wants the University of Oregon to be part of the Big Ten Conference. That's all you need oh, to know. There's so many moving parts to this. Try to keep uh, up. Uh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> for, for all sports talkers around the country, especially those that are beholden to the college markets. Uh-huh. Thank you. And, and, and as I said earlier in the program, uh, I hated the first two realignment go-rounds because I felt really bad that our friends in Story County were going to be left out or in a much worse spot. I don't anymore. We go from, it looked like it was over for Iowa State when the PEC 16 was going to form. Trent, Peralta and I left work on Friday. It, it was done. It was over. It was over. Texas was leaving. And then, is it Mountain West? Right. Is it the MAC? What happens? And they survive. Yep. Last year, what's going to happen? Everybody for themselves. Oh, okay, Kansas is a big... All the speculation that was out there. And then they Based bring in four pretty darn good schools. And now, a real possibility of the Pac-12, certainly as we know it, dissolving. Mm-hmm. Maybe falling out of the power structure. The ACC wilting away. And if it's a structure where suddenly it's just a power three, and you're a part of that, what a great landing oh, spot from gosh. where... Iowa State was incredibly close, multiple times. The first two go-rounds. To where it is yeah. today. The, the, that whole sentence, there's there's no meaning on the books for us with the Big 12. And George, meaning George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, is kicking ass. Whoa. We'll see. Going to be fun. Miller and Condon back with Trent's Play of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors it. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.com. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush. Holders, let's ride. Trent here for the Grumpy Cavern. Sometimes after arguing with Ken on the radio show, 
I just need a beer. Or after a long night of calling a game, I just need a beer. Well, my favorite place to stop is the Grumpy Goat Tavern. With two locations in West Des Moines and First Street in Ankeny, where I can stop and grab that cold one. And they have over 50 beers on tap. Of course, my favorite's the domestics, but if you're more adventurous, they have you covered. And it's not just drinks. The Grumpy Goat Tavern takes bar food to a new level. I'll see you next time at the Grumpy Goat Tavern. Your baseball life. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com. Um. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive. While Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you and for details. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Larry Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's fascinating times we're in. Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com. His sources, the Big 12 is in deep discussions with six teams from the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. John Canzano, his source, uh, we never even got a phone call. Well, maybe that school that didn't get a phone call is a little bit nervous <laughs> after they see Dodd's report all of a sudden. Really? Hey, what's going on over oh, here? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's it's crazy, but that's realignment, right? It it's is. always this way. And seriously, there are athletic depart uh, athletic directors. And I'm not I'm not insinuating anything in Ames or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But around the country, that I mean, it's presidents that are doing this. Yeah. And at some point, obviously, before the news breaks, the ads get involved. But it's kind of you know they know a little bit ahead of us, but not necessarily are, are in the negotiation from the get go. I talked to a couple of people in Iowa City after this has gone down, a couple that are not sources, just people that have at least a little bit of knowledge. And they said, if anybody knew at Iowa, and that's going all the way to the top, they didn't know, at least was their speculation until incredibly late in the process. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about as an athletic department, now school president, regents, those kind of things, that's a different kind of conversation. But as it pertains to athletics, what they understood is this is something that got to Barta and the higher-ups in the I, athletic department. I read late. a piece, Trent, that it was Wednesday that Barta got, was, was looped in. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. Make us some money, would you please, Circus oh, Barts? Yes. This is our Trent's plays of the day. Wasn't able to make any money on the hot dog eating contest yesterday. We'll try to so, do it. So, by the way, real quick on that, did yeah. you see the guys that rushed the stage? Yes. And Joey Chestnut was not having it. No, and he threw a couple of guys, put a headlock on one, threw him off the stage. DraftKings and... One other are refunding the bets. If you took oh, the over, really? because they think it, you know, it uh, threw him off, threw off his momentum. Because he, what he finished with sixty three dogs or something, something like that. Not not near his record that he's had. And the over under was seventy four and a half. The uh, if you're betting on that, folks, one eight hundred bets off. The kids were entertained for a moment. The oh, you watched it? Oh yeah, the pomp and circumstance got the kids into it. Watch these people are gonna, and then it happened. And 
this is gross. It's nasty. It's so bad. Eh, watched it once again. Didn't make any money on it. Let's get to baseball. We got four plays for today. Let's kick things off. A little afternoon baseball today. Seattle at San Diego. Going to go with the Mariners in this spot. Padres kind of spinning their wheels here a little bit. Yep. But more than anything, it's Gilbert on the mound for the Mariners. Logan Gilbert, he's been incredible this yes. year. 9-3 record, 2.66 ERA, whip at 1.1, strikeout per inning. He's been really good. We'll take the plus money there with our first pick. Pick number two, we got two favorites after that. We got Miami. Pitching matchup. Yes. Yep. Against Syndergaard. Uh, we'll lay the minus 130 there. Going back with the White Sox here tonight against the Twins. I think they bounce back. Minus 124, the number at Circa. Better than you'll find at most any other mm-hmm. shop out there. A lot of minus 130s, 135. It's minus 124. Archer v. Kopech. And finish it up. Give me the Rays plus the 115 against the Red Sox. Young guy, uh, a lefty on the mound for the Rays. Seen him a couple of times. He does go deep. He's another one of those Rays through the order twice kind of guys, but he's really good. And Pavetta, he's taken a couple steps back, a couple of the starts I've seen here recently. We'll I smell a Rays. three and one. Three and one. You'll take it. Oh, yes, I would. Uh, Cappy's part of the show tomorrow. Matt Snyder's part of the show tomorrow. Me, more realignment talk. Murph and Andy at one. The Fanatics at three. Cyclone Insider tonight at six. Thanks for being here. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.